Welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast, featuring interviews with health and wellness professionals empowering you to take control of your health and happiness. Feel better, look better, and live better today by subscribing right now for new episodes every week. The Wellness Plus Podcast is brought to you by wellnessplus.tv and made possible by the generous donations of Psyche Truth Patreon supporters. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast. I'm your host, Karina Rachel, and I'm joined today by Alexander Rybczynski of Primal Fusion Health. He is a personal trainer and a Czech practitioner level four, holistic lifestyle coach level three. He's also a neurosomatic therapist, licensed massage therapist, and today we are talking about keeping your New Year's resolutions and how we can stay motivated on our health and wellness journey. So Alex, thank you so much for joining me again on the program. Yeah, it's always fun. So you have worked with a lot of professional athletes. Um, can you talk a little bit about maybe what are the um, you know, common issues of motivation or what are some of the common problems that can uh, get people off track or get people off their goals? Um, one of the things that people don't normally think about is they set a goal but that's not what they want. Mm. And like a professional athlete, their goal is to play in the NFL or play in whatever sport that they're playing. And they're already self-motivated for other reasons that may not be healthy or they may be, you know, it may be out of love for the game. It's maybe to just get out of a bad environment. Maybe it's to, you know, make someone proud, you know, and they're just going to keep fighting until it happens. But there's this underlying cause. But most people... Um, um, and when, 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 when the dream is high like that, mm-hmm. as a professional athlete, you tend to stay motivated, yeah. but most of the times it's like, you know, I want to lose five pounds, but what does that mean? You know, well, why do you feel like you need to lose five to 10 pounds? And then it's like, well, I don't feel good. Well, you know, you know, I, um, I want to look good on vacation or, well, why do you want to look good on vacation? You don't know anyone there, you know? Well, <laughs> well, I'm actually want to look good for my husband. Okay. Well, what, does your husband not think you look good? Well, no, he says I look great. Well, do you believe that? Well, yeah. Well, well then why, why do you want to lose five to 10 pounds? You know? And it's really, it's like, well, I don't like myself, you know, or I don't find my, there's no, I've lost the sense of self-worth, mm. you know, for whatever reason, you know? Right. Um, or the opposite spectrum, or it's my husband told me to, right? And then you're like, well, there's a whole different, you know, um, turn there. Mm. But it happens all the time. But right. what happens is when it's not intrinsically driven and it's not worded properly, what ends up happening is people, it's not true to them, yeah. right? Because the words, because their thoughts and their words and their actions don't align, mm. right? Their thoughts are, you know, I don't feel good about myself. And their words are, you know... I need to lose five to 10 pounds and the actions are, well, that doesn't make me feel good about myself, mm. right? Exercising or eating right or, you know, cause then they lose, or maybe, maybe they lose five to 10 pounds of body fat and gain five to 10 pounds of muscle, but on the scale it says no difference, oh. but they're like so driven on that number. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it happens like that a lot. And so, but when you really get down to why someone wants to do something and really make it personal for them, then you, then it becomes not a compliance issue. It's, it's like, is this even the right dream is what we're looking for, you know, because mm. if you want more self-worth or, you know, do you feel like you're enough or are you doing enough or um, do you feel like you have enough love in your life? That's really the underlying 
you know, message behind most people's, you know, I don't feel, I don't feel loved mm-hmm. or something about me is, you know, either from extrinsic sources, like someone is telling me these things and I'm mm-hmm. like, am I starting to believe it? Or is it really from conditioning of like, I was taught not to believe that I'm good enough. Right. right. And so why are you changing these things? Right. Cause if it's just, you know, cause there's a lot of people with great, they're just like, I just want to be healthier and I feel better. Well, that's wonderful. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause then that's, you're doing it for yourself. I feel better right. when I'm, you know, exercising more. You know, then you're like, well, you felt bad and now you feel better. And then you, you don't need anyone to tell you to keep that resolution. It's not a resolution. It becomes a habit. It mm-hmm. becomes a lifestyle choice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did that kind of answer the question? Or am yeah. I just going too far on it? No, no, <laughs> it totally does. And I think it speaks to, you know, that element of, uh, you know, your true motivation and whether you're looking for a solution in the right place or not. Um, And certainly those uh, kind of like body image concerns are, um, are so common now. And especially um, as our, uh, I guess, mainstream media images we're exposed to get more and more morphed and Photoshopped and, you know, really just a far, far swing from reality mm-hmm. and the way that people look, it kind of perpetuates those different body image things and those um, feelings of self-judgment that are, you know, what end up bringing a lot of people to the gym or to a weight loss goal or mm-hmm. whatever. But then, um, you know, if you're kind of coming from this place of not feeling good about yourself and you think that losing the weight is going to be the answer, then the motivations become really kind of um, conflicted or confusing because now your um, your self-worth, your self-love isn't in the right place mm-hmm. to start with. And so everything else feels more difficult. Yeah. Um, whereas if you can kind of get in alignment a little bit and have those um, just general self-love and self-acceptance, then suddenly you're not um, – you're not trying to create an answer out of your weight loss or create mm-hmm. a solution to a problem out of something that really isn't going to fix the problem. Um, you talked a lot in the previous podcast that we did about how um, really optimizing your physical strength or your athletic performance um, really depends on having all of those pieces in line, the uh, emotional, mental, um, and having that right purpose or that right um dream, I think was Mm -hmm. the term we used in the previous episode, you know, that dream that really drives you and that uh, creates the motivation. Mm -hmm. So then it's not this matter of like determination and willpower and do I have the self-discipline? You just have so much um, energy behind that dream that you want to pursue that then that carries you through and you don't necessarily have to sit there and toil over how, Mm -hmm. how do I motivate myself? How do I make time for exercise? All those little questions that end up, I think, hanging a lot of people up. Um, Because I was going to say, at the end of the day, if you lose that five to 10 pounds, will your husband or your wife actually love you more? And if they do love you more because you lost five to 10 pounds after you've been married to them for 12 years, what's going on? Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe that's the problem in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, it's there's just more to it than just weight loss. It's mm. You're losing something more about yourself, and you have to externalize more of these feelings because you're not living your dream, whether you sacrifice something for the relationship and you didn't do it properly. Mm-hmm. And now you're holding on to resentment or um, uh, all this pain of 
you know, not continuing to live your dream mm -hmm. after the choice that you made. So you're trying to do something else by externalizing, you know, oh, I'm just going to achieve a small goal and lose five to 10 pounds until, wait, I still haven't lost five to 10 pounds. And this is even, this is even hard for me, right? And mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, it goes back to the dream and, um, and perception really, because like perception, they always say perception is the eye. Wait, no, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Perception, you always look through the eyes of, uh, everything you see is through your own perception, right? Through your own lens. Mm. And there, I forgot which culture this is from, but they took, I think, like six, six blind men that I've never seen. And they, put, they stood in front of an elephant. Have you heard this analogy? Mm -mm. And they, one, el one, one blind man gets put by the ear and he's like, wow, the elephant is big and flat. And then one gets put by the trunk and they go, wow, the elephant is round and strong but it's 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 hard to control it's like a like a like a rope you know whoops and um the other elephant the other the other blind man's by the leg wow this elephant is sturdy it's like a trunk of a tree you know mm. and then the elephant you know someone's by the tusk wow this is like a bone it's like a solid bone and so what they're seeing what they're showing is each person has their own perception of what the collective is right right All the collective perceptions put together the elephant mm -hmm. and so when you miss when you're only looking at one small facet of your existence, like whether it be lose five to 10 pounds or instead of getting really deep, deep into what the underlying cause of it is, mm -hmm. you're still not going to feel whole. Right. And the idea is to feel whole and five to 10 pounds, even if it's 30, even if it's a hundred, won't make you feel whole because there's something that's, you know, mm. missing. At the end of the day, if you're, if you're wallowing in your own sickness, Right. And then you get healthier. And then your underlying cause of that is, well, I want to be healthier so I can manage myself better, so I can relate to people better. That's different. It's a different goal. It's for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. It's not for anyone else. Right. Right? But most people are like, I'm going to lose 5 to 10 pounds so I can look better in a bikini. Why do you want to look better in a bikini? Is it for you or for everyone else? Right? Mm. People, people externalize too much because they, like you said about the image, people are always looking at images of Photoshop and... You know, we don't even know what a woman. If if you took a video, if you took a, a a magazine nowadays and you look through it, you won't even know what women look like. You don't yeah. even know what men look like. You know, people are always saying Barbie is unrealistic, but then you look at guys like He Man, right? That look like professional bodybuilders nowadays, and you're mm -hmm. like, well, how is that realistic? To you know, there's it's on both sides, right. you know. Right. And we forget that we're just people. And if your body type is one way, great. You know, if your body type's another way, great. Mm -hmm. Make sure somewhere in there. Like the, you don't see the Dalai Lama pumping weights. You see what I'm saying? Like there's right. enough self-love there that he's just, this is my mission. This is my dream. You know, I'm going to spread love. And this is what I, my consciousness is telling me to do, yeah. you know, and it seems to work great for him, you know, mm -hmm. and you don't see him. You don't see his words and his actions misaligning is right. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, it's, and I'm sure his still working on the thoughts because thoughts fly in and out, you know, I forgot how, I forgot how many thoughts people have a day, but it's an astonishing number. Mm -hmm. And then 90%, the 90% of them are negative is what the studies show. Wow. And in, in regular pop, in the general population. Goodness. Yeah. 90% of the thoughts 90%. are 90%. And I mean, that is just so, um, I mean, I think observable for us because I know I can, you know, pay attention to my own uh, thoughts or self-talk, so to speak. Um, and yeah, all of those kind of 
critical thoughts, those feelings um, that we compare ourselves to other people or we compare our progress to other people. I mean, that's just kind of human nature in a lot of ways, but then you can definitely see where it's been uh, kind of perpetuated to a fault in many ways Mm -hmm. um, to where we get so kind of consumed with those self-judgments and those, um, I don't know, I guess the just comparing ourselves to other people, so to speak, uh, that it can kind of be this, you know, rabbit hole that we get stuck in. And then everything that we do is suddenly in that context of, well, yeah, I did this, but I'm still not as fast as that person. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, yeah, I lost this much weight, but I'm still not as skinny as this person. Mm -hmm. So you start to see that, you know, uh, if you're, Um, Like I think about when they're holding the carrot over the rabbit, but you're, you know, out in front of them and like no matter how fast the rabbit goes, he's never going to get to the carrot. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can kind of see, especially in our culture, there's this kind of uh, ever chasing the carrot kind of thing Mm -hmm. that goes on where it's like, okay, once we've achieved this one thing, it doesn't really answer the happiness because it wasn't really what we needed in the first place. And then so now we're off to the next thing or whatever. And it's just like we're in this maybe hamster wheel is another good analogy for it. Um, you know, so coming back to the idea of, of, motivation and, uh, you know, we're kind of talking about New Year's resolutions and maybe more importantly, how do we keep our New Year's resolutions? Mm -hmm. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on, I guess, uh, hacking motivation for the average person? There is no hack. (laughs) You know, you can start by hacking until you realize that there's no way to hack a tree with an axe that's bigger than a house, you know, at the trunk, <laughs> it's going to take you forever to hack that thing down with an ax, you know, it has the right tools, you know, so, but really it takes planning. But at the end of the day, like when you were talking about the carrot and the rabbit, you know, no matter how, you know, in front of, with a stick and then, um, when it comes down to it, it's, we're always trying to beat out everyone else because mm. we're always at a race, the human race, right? It's constantly, uh, the racing is part of our, you know, being number one is part of the thing that we're trying to achieve. But at the end of the day is who is contributing, Mm. you know? Um, I forgot. I think it was Kabir. He was a saint. I think, I think he was a saint. Um, Kabir criticized the Buddha, right? Because Buddha left his responsibilities as a, as a human being left his wife and his kids and his, uh, influence in order to be alone in the mountains versus, Kabir said, well, being in society is how you become enlightened. Everyone can go sit and be enlightened in -hmm. a cave. But how are you with your friends and family and contributing to society and continually growing um, um, us as a population, right? Mm -hmm. And through happiness and through giving. And so everyone can, like he said, everyone can be enlightened sitting in a cave by themselves, right? But then... You look at, you look at all these people that are have achieved, you know, healing, and you know how you test that if they've achieved healing their parental and uh, maternal um, uh, wounds, you let them stay at home with their parents for a week, see how healed they are, right? Mm. So there's all these masks they get put on. I'm healed, but are you? You know, let's test it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Because you can test all that, all those things, right? Because if you're right, most people won't be defensive by it, mm. right? Like if someone calls you ugly and you don't think you're ugly, it's not going to bother you. You're like, yeah. oh, I know. Like, 
you're just upset about something. That's I. You know, that's cool. You know, right. it's okay. Ki- it's okay, kid. You know, even though they're an adult, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay that you're being childish. You know, right. give them a pat. But you you know the truth, so it doesn't affect you, mm. right? And that's that's the underlying cause. There's so many people that don't know what their truth is that it becomes. You know, they don't want they want to stick to the belief, but they don't even know if it's real or not. Yeah. So when we we have to get down to the underlying cause of what this New Year's resolution is, right? And then get to the to the deep issue. Mm. You know, what are you really trying to do? What what is the missing piece in your life? What are your needs that are not being met? Not the goal you're trying to achieve achieve, which you think is gonna meet your need, mm. but there's a need. Right. Right? There's a thought, oh, I don't feel good. Hmm, okay, well, why don't I feel good? And then they branch out for everyone, right? Mm. And so, but there's always, you see the marketing that targets the need mm-hmm. and you go, well, that'll make me feel good. And then you try that and you go, well, I don't feel good. I just spent money that I worked for mm-hmm. in a job that I don't feel good doing, right? <laughs> you know, and then so, and then this, and then the race continues to mm-hmm. find what happiness is. Mm. Um Versus um, most people when they practice mindfulness tend to have be more happy. People mm. that have, you know, are more outspoken about their needs and be willing to give up everything to follow what their needs are. Yeah. You know, no matter how unpleasant it may be, you know, for everyone else around them, mm-hmm. but they'll be happy. Right. Most people aren't willing to leave the seat of comfort to be happy, right? Interesting. So they'd, they'll, they'd be willing to live in a pit of regret than it is to experience discomfort from their loved ones and be happy. Mm. Yeah, I can't remember the exact quote, but there's something that kind of encapsulates that, which is like people would rather, um, you know, accept basically like living in misery than, you know, come out of their comfort zone to do something different just for a chance to change it. Like it's more comfortable to stay uncomfortable than to change something. Yeah. Than to do something new or um, go out on a limb and maybe do something that's just different or that we're not Mm -hmm. sure if we can do it or not. Um, Just that element of, um, you know, down to something like, you know, back or neck pain. People are like living with back or neck pain when it's like, hey, you know, there's like hundreds of videos that could show you ways to reduce your back or neck pain. Like, but you just have to actually go and do them. But Mm -hmm. maybe that's so far out of the comfort zone that they're actually just going to sit there and like hang out with the pain and Mm -hmm. be like, oh yeah, well, that's just where it's at for me. Um, Certainly in the comments on YouTube, for instance, you know, we see a lot of people on the yoga videos who are like, oh, I can't do yoga and I'm not flexible enough for yoga. And, you know, there's uh, kind of the semantics that people get caught into. And if they can't handle just the um, semantics of being like, I'm going to do yoga, I'm going to practice yoga, then like, even though that thing could really, really help them, they just, you know, they don't want to come out of their comfort zone enough to try something new. And so you never know what yeah. your 
missing out on, so to speak, just by um, wanting to stay comfortable, wanting to stay in that Mm -hmm. safety zone, so to speak. Um, But I think that's really common for people, certainly in the area of like diet or Mm -hmm. changing your diet. That's another place where, you know, it's kind of like that dragging your heels, resistance to change type mm-hmm. of thing. It's really and common. I've seen people that shouldn't be doing yoga, you know, because their pelvis is misaligned or their cranium is misaligned. And when they stretch symmetrically, their body can't be symmetrical. Mm-hmm. And it actually pulls one side more than the other. That being said, I've also offered people, let's fix this. Or I've go to this person and fix this. And then do yoga when you're symmetrical, because that's what's the the point is you'll you'll start releasing the body but i've seen people that just won't release mm. so then you go okay well I mean, we got to work on the organs to re- make to make and the emotions to make the muscles more supple so you can stretch into the positions that allow you to be more aligned and more like the antenna that yoga is meant to be right to create different postures in order to receive different messages and uh that are true to you mm. right it's a spiritual practice or it used to be at least and so when you um when I used to work at a gym, I would practice these things. So when people give you excuses, it's the excuse train, right? And mm. so I've done this and I've, I've, I've had enough people say no to me where I stopped not caring, but I stopped um, taking it personally. Mm. And I stopped, it, it stopped affecting me in a way that's, you know, I already knew that the person wasn't going to train, right? They don't want, for various reasons, the excuse, the excuse train, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, whether it be, I got to talk to my wife. And then so I'd be like, all right, let's call your wife. You know, and then they're like, oh, well, she's probably not, you know, and then the excuse train again. There's always something, right? right. No matter you have a, if they have a, they have a, blah, they have a problem for every solution, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the, uh, the, the resolution, how, how the news resolution happens, right? Yeah. And there's like, oh, I'm going to set this, there's a solution, but but this problem, but then there's this problem, but then there's this problem, and then you get solutions, and the, but then there's always problems. Right. And so what I've done even in the past is when I used, years ago, when I, within my first three years of my well, of training, because it was, it was almost like a experimental laboratory, you know, people would come in and they would just hand you someone and then they'd be, they'd act interested and just to get out of there, you know, they're like, oh, I have to do this assessment you know and then like i picked it up and you know i understand and uh but let's be honest be upright tell me what you're needing you know hey i don't want to do this okay you know you just saved me an hour you know (laughs) now we can both move on with our lives right Mm -hmm. but it was it was a it was new right and so i was like all right let's do this whole assessment thing so then eventually i would I've, i've worked with people that I go, okay, well, back then I charged, you know, whatever, $60 an hour, you know, and then they're like, oh, that's too much. And I go, well, it wouldn't be too much, you know. Well, if it was like, you know, 20% off, I go, okay. Okay, I have to talk to my wife. I'm like, okay, let's talk to her. Okay, you know, well, and then, well, okay, you know, there's, it's, you know, we just finished Christmas and there's, we, we're just backlogged. Okay, well, what wouldn't be too much, you know. Well, if mm. it was like, would 50% off be not, not too much? And then, and then I, I would, I knew they were already going to say no. So I would just keep going, well, let's see, hope they don't say yes at this point, you know? Because yeah. <laughs> then I'm like, what if it was $20 a session, you know? Well, you know, nah, I just, you know, I think I'm busy at work. Oh, yeah, things are really hectic And then I'd say, right well, now. you know, how about, how about I train you for free right now until you're able to pay for it? And I've had people say no <laughs> because they didn't want it. <laughs> you see, like, yeah. and so you could have all... You, it was to the point where I would be like, can I pay you to train you? 
You know what I mean? Like that's what it would have <laughs> to come to. Let me pay you to let me train you. Yeah, let me pay your salary so I could train you to be healthier. You know, but it's there was the intrinsic value wasn't there. The intrinsic mm. motivation wasn't there, and they were just like, well, you know, the advertisement came in, and I don't feel good about myself. Well, no one asked why don't you feel good about yourself. There's mm. just this unmet feeling of like angst and like maybe I can just exercise it because that's what people tell me I should do exercise you know mm. instead of talk through it or look into my life a little bit more clearly and, th- and that's part of coaching you know not many people can get out of that rut by themselves mm. unless you've practiced the tools that allow you to be aware of those things right so it's looking at I think Paul calls it the Grand Canyon test you know when you if you're at the Grand Canyon and you scream I want to lose 10 pounds well if it comes back I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to lose 10 pounds, right? Every time it comes back, you're telling yourself, well, hopefully I lost 10 pounds. So it's always future, right? Mm. Instead of saying, like, I am happy, I'm healthy, I am whole, something like that. So then it comes yeah. back and goes, I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm whole. Ah, I've achieved it, right? Yeah. And so, and so looking at it from just different wording shifts the whole motivation of it. Mm. And we were talking about... I don't, last episode, we were talking about willpower, right? And I think it's a very precious resource, right? Because if, and it all comes down to core values, right? So if you have a value around something, it doesn't take willpower. You just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you have a moral value not to kill other people, you're just not thinking about doing it. It's not like, you're not like, you're probably jokingly debating like, oh, this guy cut me off in traffic, you know, but you're not like, I should follow him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not many people think like that if they have a moral value against, you know, killing people, right? Right. And so you don't that's have what to sit there and like psych yourself up about how you're going to not kill someone. Like, yeah. You just don't do it. Yeah. And you'll talk your, your thoughts. Once again, your thoughts and your actions won't align, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't really believe in it. Yeah. And there's and that's from the other spectrum where your thoughts and your actions. Like you're trying to get your thoughts to be healthy, right? Your thoughts aren't unhe- your thoughts aren't healthy, and your and your emotions about yourself are unhealthy, and you're trying to act, align your actions to be healthy. They don't work. The mm. same way you try to talk yourself into killing someone, but you're you're like, I don't feel good about this, <laughs> and I don't want to do this, and you're gonna psych yourself out. So it happens on both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. And um. Um. What were we talking about? The Grand Canyon test? Yeah. And then... Well, and then you had said something about willpower. Willpower. Thank you. Yeah. Um, great host. Um, <laughs> and um, and it doesn't become a precious resource anymore because like, I think we were off and we were talking about Costco and how like there's, you go to a grocery store and there's like 10 different versions of sausage. You have to read each label and by the time you're done, you're like, oh, I picked one brand of sausage that is dream affirmative. And you're like, okay, now I need pasta sauce. And you're like, I'm going home. You know, <laughs> there's just, you walk in, there's a wall of pasta, pasta sauces, you know, mm. marinara sauces and like which one. And you're like, I have to read through all these things. But versus like we we're talking about Costco, not saying Costco is the best place to shop for organic food, even though they have some great organic food and products and all sorts of stuff. Um, there's like hidden gems in Costco. Okay. But they avoid choice paralysis because they only give you two one to two, I think maybe three options, right? It's like you get organic or non-organic. Or you get this milk or you get this milk. You get these eggs or you get these eggs. You want regular commercial eggs or you want by the the pallet or you get 
these free range organic eggs. Like pick one. You you don't get both. So yeah. people are like, oh, I want to stray to this one, you know? Yeah. And so it doesn't give you a sense of over this overwhelming sensation of like, I have to make all these choices mm. and I don't know what to do. And then you start falling apart and you're like, yeah. I'm not, I don't want to choose anything, right? And yeah. that's the choice paralysis and that's willpower having to go, well, well, I want to choose the healthy option, but there's all these really health, like amazing other options that I'm used to eating and that yeah. make me feel good about myself. And, and so then the, I'm going, oh, but then this one's on sale, mm-hmm. but is it worth it? And I mean, I've been that person who spends like yeah. hours and hours and hours in the grocery store reading. Yeah all of the things. And yeah, I get that choice paralysis. Yeah. So when it comes down to, when it comes down to though, your core values, like for me, if I overeat or if I eat something that's unhealthy, most people wouldn't even consider it unhealthy. It just, Mm. it just, it throws me out of balance enough that I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's unpleasant. Like if I'm at home and it's late and we've, been exhausted all day and I want to we and my wife and I want to treat ourselves we'll have like not a moo ice cream right it's not dairy there's no gluten I think some of them have gluten so you have to check they're not all mm-hmm. gluten-free like the the cookie cakes one have like gluten in the little cookies or whatnot but like most people would be like that's not unhealthy right or like we bake gluten-free cookies with like four or five ingredients mm-hmm. right there are people are like and, we, and, and they're kind of bland to most people but to us they're like delicious yeah. right People are like, this is unhealthy. You know, these are like nut flowers. It's high in protein. But I'm like, yeah, but it throws me out of balance enough that I'm bloated or, I, you know, I don't, I, I just, I'm always trying to keep myself in harmony, mm-hmm. you know, which is practicing what I'm preaching, which is why I'm successful at what I do is because my thoughts and my words and my, or my emotions and my actions are in alignment. Like mm. I don't want people to, I want people to be better. So I treat myself like I want my, like I treat my clients and yeah. I, I'm honest with my clients, like I'm honest with myself and I'm watching them, you know, because if I'm honest with what my diet should be like and I know what my diet should be like and I've tested it, well then their their diet's going to be great and I'm not going to have a dogma around their diet mm-hmm. because I, just because mine is one thing, one way, right. doesn't mean it's true for them. Right. So the core value is like, I don't need gluten, I don't need dairy, I don't need soy, if I can help it. You know, if, I, if, I, if I'm not aware of it, like I, I will check dairy, I'll check gluten at a restaurant and I'll be like, nope. But um, but if they don't have like a vegetable oil, like a coconut oil, or if they don't have an avocado oil, or mm. you know sunflower oil, like um, well, what are you gonna do? Go home when your friends are sitting there, you know? So you just allow that to happen and know that you're gonna be uncomfortable for a little bit, and your job is your your body's gonna do its job and clear it out. But that's at a healthy state, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you're unhealthy, you have no business to be to be playing those games, right? Right. And so, um, and I know this because I've I've been. I had a candida and fungal infection for a while. And then up until six months ago, I was completely sugar-free for like two years. And it was such a pain. But it made food taste so much better. And you have no idea how grateful I am for that torturous experience of cutting out all those delicious foods that I was training my palate to enjoy that kept increasing my threshold for for taste when Mm. really I forgot. Most people have to season their steak. No one ever tastes meat anymore like no one ever tastes how good meat tastes until you cut all that stuff out and you're well meat has a flavor yeah it's not just barbecue sauce right you know what i mean right um so once again is once you cut back once you have core values it doesn't require willpower to make a decision you're just like i'm not gonna do that yeah and it's done right but if you're trying to talk yourself into something because your thoughts and your emotions don't add up 
And you're like, well, I don't feel good, but cut, cut out, cut out these sugary foods and go exercise a lot. And you're like, but that's not the answer. Mm. Now you have to talk yourself into exercising. Yeah. Now you're exhausted playing mental gymnastics with yourself, trying to get yourself <laughs> to get out of the door and get out, get into your yoga pants that you bought that were, you know, hundred dollars from Lululemon or whatever, you know, or whatever other brands are, you know, but the point is you, you buy all these things to meet your goal. But the underlying issue is your thoughts mm. are causing the actions. Yeah. And the marketing inter intercepted that and tells you what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Right? But really, you just got to get quiet with yourself enough to be able to understand what is actually a good New Year's resolution. Because if it's to like bring more happiness, if you're happy, you're probably going to lose some weight. Yeah. Right? Or to take care of yourself. You know? Mm. You know, it's just... What what is a good resolution? Yeah. But it all has to be independent. How it has to be for people, individually personalized, and they have to think it, feel it, and believe and and be able to walk that rope, mm-hmm. right? Because like once again, if, if you if if you know anyone with cancer, most of them are like, I'm done, right? Because they have motivation. And sometimes it takes people getting cancer to change the way they live, mm. right? It's true. The way we, as a check practitioner, the way we see it is don't wait. Don't, 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 don't create chaos in a crisis in order to figure out what your dream is. Don't create a nightmare to figure out what your dream is, mm. you know? Yeah. Sit there for a second, figure out what your, what your dream is, and then live that way, mm-hmm. right? Make sure it's in accordance. Okay, what do I have to do to make this happen? Because will this bring me happiness? And then every, and every time is, am I still happy? Am I still happy? Reflect. Am I still happy? Am I still happy? You know? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, what can I do to make myself happier? Right. What can I do to, for myself to make myself happier? Yeah. Right? Because once again, if your New Year's resolution is, I'll be happy when I lose 20 pounds, you lose 20 pounds, are you still happy? Yeah. What happens when you gain 10 more pounds of muscle? Like, oh, that's okay. All of a sudden, that's okay now. Mm-hmm. I've met a lot of people that are scale or nothing, you know. Interesting. And I've met people that say they're like, I don't even look at the scale. I'm the same. I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. Only if I do like a competition of some sort that requires me to weigh in, then I'll be like, all right, how much do I weigh right now? So I know how 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 either to move up a weight class or to stay at the weight class or how much can I afford to drop, you know? Because mm-hmm. truth be told, there's sometimes where I don't exercise and I feel so much better when I put on extra fat. <laughs> You know, I just told Sarah the other day, I'm like, oh, around the holidays, I'm like, like I feel so much better <laughs> than when I'm like, because when I've done, it used to be keto, mm-hmm. it just dried me out. And it just made me into this like ripped, dehydrated human being that was like achy all the time, mm. you know? But now yeah. they have more like fat and more water on me, yeah. you know? And I feel much better. Right. And so it's always within the range. And then when, when fat needs to go, well, like in the summertime, you, you use more of it. In the wintertime, it comes back. Mm-hmm. You know, insulation. It yeah. keeps, stores tissue. I'm Eastern European. That's how it works. You yeah. know, like in the wintertime, your body has to store nutrients. Because mm-hmm. if you get stuck somewhere, well, what's it going to eat? Not going to eat your lean muscle mass. I mean, it will, but <laughs> right. fuel, uh, fat is a much more readily available and more sustainable fuel source. Mm. So like where we come from is a whole thing. Yeah, you know, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, and, and we kind of or we can't. We I, embarked on that in the you know one of the previous podcasts. You know, you're kind of talking about how you know everything from 
you know, your heritage, your background, your, you know, your ancestors, the place that you live, the time of year, how all of these different factors kind of come together to create your body, to create what your body needs and all those things. Um, I love the example of, you know, in the wintertime, we, um, you know, it's good for the body to like have more fat. And you think about how when it's cold, sometimes people will like feel that their bones feel more brittle or the joints feel more achy. Well, hey, you know, if you have more fat on your body or more fat in your diet, like go in there. We had a previous guest that was talking all about collagen. Um, you know, that maybe even in the winter months, you're like introducing um, either a collagen supplement or things like bone broth that are really going to like go in and help to um, lubricate your joints and create all of that um, kind of, I guess, soft, healthy, connective tissue that does help you feel a little bit better, feel more comfortable, a little mm-hmm. less sore, a little less of the achiness or whatever mm-hmm. that uh, that tends to be really common. So, you know, definitely in the winter months, I think of those things being a lot more common. So. Yeah. It's a good example of how the environment around you also is taken into account. Nothing yeah. is taken in isolation or in a vacuum of all the other factors. Just, just I want to clarify so people don't take this out of context and say, oh, well, Alex told me I can eat more cookies in the wintertime because you need to put on more fat. <laughs> Healthy no. fats. <laughs> yeah. You, if your body puts on fat because you're more sedentary because it's cold, you're inside and you're eating the same or you're not tailoring or you're not, you don't have a chance to exercise or in Chicago it snows and places it snows, you're not going to yeah. get to the gym or you're like, you don't have the tools to work out at home and you're like, well, I'm kind of, you know, I kind of just know how to work out at a gym, right? You don't have the tools to work out at home and do body weight exercises and, you know, learn infant development patterns and you Mm -hmm. haven't learned those things yet, you know, that should be the next step. But if you don't know how to take care of yourself in the wintertime and you put on more fat because you're a little bit more sedentary, that's, that's what I'm saying. Not, not like, well, not that you let yourself go. Christmas comes around, (laughs) New Year's comes around, you know, and like, I'm just going to just load until New Year's and then I'm going to cut it off because right. those are my, you know, new values now and I can't look like this for the summer, you know, because that's what people see me. Once again, it's a, it's a, it's a clue, mm. right? Right. Well, it's, it's, it's almost what's not being said, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's kind of how you have to coach. Right. Because a lot of people will tell you by not telling you. Mm-hmm. Like, one on our forms it says, "What are your list? Your five most traumatic events. The biggest sign that people have a lot of trauma in their life is when they write nothing. Mm-hmm. Don't, nothing's wrong. No traumatic events. No traumatic happen. events ever. You know. And for a person that's always been with their family, being away for a week could be traumatic. Mm. And then someone that has been abused, let's say, in a minor fashion, let's say verbally abused." And they've kind of, that's their new normal. And then when they start getting physically abused, that's the trauma. Mm-hmm. That's like the, whoa, that's the trauma they remember, but they don't remember the verbal abuse. Yeah. They remember the physical abuse, right? And then the people that get physically abused and then they get the physical abuse no longer. Um, the parents or the, the caretakers no longer even pay attention to them. That's even more hurtful than being physically abused on a pain scale, which is numbing. Mm. They'll remember how no one really cared about them. Right. Right. Interesting. And so they'll even look at, have, be jealous of people that got physically abused because at least they were touched, interacted with. Interesting. Right. Right. And then, and then the people that were only verbally abused are always like, it's at the same level of trauma. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. It takes more to 
pull those roots out, right, for one than the other. But if a grandma is lifting 100, if a grandma can lift a laundry basket that weighs 40 pounds and that's 100%, she's lifting as hard as she can as a guy that can deadlift 700 pounds if that's his 100%. 100% is 100%, right? So when you have a threshold, that's your threshold. That grandma puts everything she got into that 40-pound laundry basket and she gets it up there with everything she has, she's lifting just as hard. Right. You know, just the same way, like, my wife is really good at just being really attentive and crushing tasks and just putting things together in curriculum. And she's brilliant and just mind-blowing how she does it. I get, I look at her and I get tired doing that versus I can do this all day. I can work on people all day. But would you give me in front of a piece of paper and, like, here, fill out this outline and, like, then chunk everything up. And I'm like, oh, I start falling apart, you know? <laughs> but it just shows how, like, we just have different abilities yeah. in our thresholds. Like, mm-hmm. my threshold for producing sitting long time, just I need to increase my capacity. Right. Like, when I met her, her emotional capacity was high. Mine was very low, right? So as I'm working on my capacity, I'm trying to learn how to lift, you know, a barbell, of emotions, you know, everyone can lift a barbell, everyone squats a physical barbell, but no, but under an emotional barbell, they crumble. Mm. Under a mental barbell, they crumble. Under a spiritual barbell, they crumble. So they only, they pay attention to what they're good at. Right. right. But yeah, she's helped me get way, way higher, my, in, increase my threshold, which is painful because you're not used to it. You're not used right. to, what do I do with all this, right? Normally, it's just more of like the Zen way. It's let it move on, let it move on. Well, it's like, well, now let's feel this. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is real. You know, and you know, it it it's very interesting how like thresholds are thresholds, right? And you could push the ceiling, but then monitoring everything else underneath it. Make sure you're not burning yourself out. Make sure you have balance. Make sure you're eating right. Make sure you're exercising enough. Make sure you're resting enough. Make sure you have the right dream, and you're at least you're doing it for the right reasons, for love, mm-hmm. right? Not just f- sacrificing your needs, right? And going in the right direction. This is where people need coaching to figure out how to, where to, you know, am I doing this right? Am, am I, am I going the right direction? Am right. I, you, yeah. you know? And, um, but that's why people start with the new year's resolution is really an underlying cry for help. Hmm. You know, I need help. That, that should be the new year's resolution, you know, <laughs> for the people that are externalized goals or that can't complete a goal. Hmm. You know, and it takes a certain person to be able to see through the mask of what they're projecting onto the world Mm -hmm. as to here's what, here's what I want you to think of me versus what I really think of me and what, what's really going on. Right. You know, like how many people thought Robin Williams was depressed? Not very many. Not very many. How many people, you know, thought that Jim Carrey was really sad and and dark inside, right? Not very many. They think, oh, they're a fun-loving guy because they can't see through the mask because they're still wearing their own. Mm -hmm. But anyone that's been through enough hurt can see right through that and go, oh, he's in a lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting interesting piece too. And I've heard several different comedians say things like, you know, the one thing we all have in common is that we have this like huge amount of emotional hurt inside. And when I first heard that, I thought, well, that's interesting, you know, because they're funny and they make everyone else laugh. Um, but then the more that I like, thought about it, I was like, well, you know, I think that's right. And having that ability to um, connect with people and to make people laugh, it really is having that kind of 
comfort with your emotions and Mm -hmm. accessibility to all of the different range of emotions that allows them to be funny Mm -hmm. that allows them to kind of like reach into your heart and elicit that response. Mm -hmm. And it's disguised in the version of the fool. How many, like the, the fool was the only person that could tell the king the truth without getting killed. Mm -hmm. Right. So the fools are comedians on stage telling you the truth disguised as laughter. Disguised as a joke. And so when does it become distracting and when does it become connecting? You know, when is it connecting and when does it, when does it veer off and become a distraction? Because mm-hmm. some people are like, ha ha, this is funny. And some people are like, ha ha, that hit too, that was too real, you know? Yeah. And then some people could just get through that membrane of like laughter to get their guard down to receive the message, mm. right? But how many people, I'm sure you know, you know a lot of people that will watch a comedy show and you're like, like you're just looking at them like this is you man like like you're not seeing this you know you're not seeing this they're talking about you right now you know but they're they're too busy like right. distracting yeah. you know and um and once again it all comes from intrinsic um uh motivation of it comes from inside mm-hmm. whether you want to ask for help you know right. it takes enough of those knocks of help before you try and try and try and try and try and try and try until and you maybe try and go look for help Mm -hmm. you know and the wrong people keep coming up because you're going with the different intention right yeah and so yeah everything isn't everything has to do with intention Mm -hmm. right even quantum physics if you set your intention on it or your consciousness on it quantum physics behaves different and on a quantum physics level matter behaves different like the double slit theory. Did we talk about that before? I think so. I think we did, right? I think um, I mentioned You it. can definitely go into that again because I think you're totally right. And it definitely um, kind of mirrors that whole, uh, like what were you talking about a minute ago with the excuses and how we always have a million excuses. So it's like, do we, you know, kind of like just get caught at the front of the excuses and stuff? Or can we actually like see past the excuses to see like, what we really want, what our true goal is that helps us see past that, like seeing past the joke to understand the greater message. And I would argue that like the best comics are the ones that can make this like really heavy comment on human nature, but like in this really fun, jovial way that Mm -hmm. no one really realizes on the surface. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do you uh, peel away that mask so that you can really see through to the other side, see past all of your excuses that you're making Mm -hmm. or all of the reasons that you've come up with that you can't do this thing or whatever. Besides getting coaching so that someone can help you, <laughs> um, is there's a book called Nine of Only Communication. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great book, and it talks about speaking in feelings, wants, and needs, right? So if you're, if you're like, you know, you're a jerk. Well, you're not really communicating anything right there. You're communicating you're frustrated. Oh, I hear you're frustrated enough to call me a name and try to hurt me, right? But you don't say that, right? You, so as, as the person that says, I want to call you a jerk, you know, I'm feeling very frustrated because that's a feeling, mm-hmm. you know? You're a jerk is not a feeling, right? I'm feeling very frustrated for, you know, for whatever, you know, you took my hair straightener, you know? And I needed to use it. Now I'm late for work, right? Mm. And I'm really wanting you to respect my things, Right? Yeah. feeling, I'm frustrated, I'm wanting you to not touch my stuff because I'm late for work and a call to action, which is don't touch my stuff, mm-hmm. right? Versus you're a jerk. 
for... Which tells them nothing yeah. and gives them no room to ever, like, stop doing that thing that upset you in the first place. Yeah. And how many people, you know, you'll drive by and they're like, forget you, man, with other words, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, deep down inside, you're like, well, if you can roll down the window and say, well, I'm feeling angry because you violated my... Because my, my, my values of my ethical values of how to behave in public were trespassed on. Mm. And I'm really wanting you to participate in that with me. Right. Yeah. That would come off differently, but you can't scream that through a car when someone cuts you off. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but that's the idea is because people can, people can connect to that, how they can easily get triggered by someone cutting them off, mm. but totally ignore cutting someone else off. Right. You know, and but once we learn how to all speak the same language of feelings, wants, and needs and, and what to do with it with the right actions, then it doesn't become a New Year's resolution. It just becomes a new way of living, you know? Mm. And that's just like, oh, I have an idea of what I want to accomplish now. It becomes like a new, it's like a starting point for a dream. Right. You know, I have a new dream for myself. It's a, it's a reinvention. It's a rejuvenation. It's like a season, you know, the leaves fall, the, they get buried, they decompose and then nourishes the soil and then new, new plants come up, right? Mm-hmm. In the summer, in the fall, in the summertime, the fall, no, spring in the summertime. <laughs> and I'm like, no, they fall in the, in, in the fall time. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but so it just kind of creates that cycle of renewal and just like yeah. the cycle, the hero's journey cycle. Once you complete a hero's journey and you achieve what you want to achieve, you're not done. It starts again, <laughs> you know. Right. You'll get a new call to now action. You're at the beginning of the next. Journey. Yeah, and then that's why the whole. That's why the. I think it's the Buddhists tried to do. Uh, um, they practice mindfulness, staying in the center, and to achieve nirvana because it takes them out of that wheel, the cycle of the wheel, right? Right. By eliminating uh, desires, which means if I want to achieve, oh, you're back in the wheel. Mm-hmm. I want you back in the wheel. I need you back in the wheel. Anytime you want, need, crave, think of something, you're back in the wheel, mm-hmm. right? And then the spiritual path from from their point of view is you're trying to get back to the source. Like what is the ultimate potential or right. the creator or what, you know, from that aspect. But it's an interesting aspect because it happens all the time. Even if Buddha, Buddhism isn't your thing, it doesn't have to be. Because we can see Joseph Campbell, who studies religions all over the world, created the hero's journey and how everyone follows the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. And so how, like, there's a book called One Mind that talks about how people, um, uh, we, you know, we, we feel like we're all different, but we all have one mind. And we all mm-hmm. have one soul. We all have one source. And it gives you, like, tons of examples, like how a kid will, you know, I, I don't know if you've heard stories like this where someone will be like seven years old and they're like, I know what my past life was like. I know I was a guy named Tom, lived in Germany and I buried treasure under this tree. And like this kid confirmed has never been to Germany, doesn't know anything about this. And you'll know they'll fly him out or he'll go out and they'll dig up some treasure. And you're like, so see, there it was. And you're like, how does he know that? <laughs> right. But there's like all these unexplained things, right. That we're mm. just too logically, we can't rationalize because it's not rational. Right. Right. It's unrational, you know? And so um, we're all connected, pretending to be disconnected, pretending to be individuals mm. while we're the same, yeah. trying to achieve the same thing, which is love, <laughs> right? And so if your New Year's resolution isn't something like, I want to go skydiving, you know? If it's, if it's something that like for transformational, 
Hmm. You're something, some, there's some love missing. There's something that's not happening or that's a need that's not being met. Interesting. Right? Yeah. You know, um, maybe it is to scare yourself from dying, you know, so you jump out of an airplane. I don't know. <laughs> I th- every case is different, which is why I'm just generally speaking. Yeah. From what I've seen mostly on the on TV with clients, with people I talk to on a regular basis, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just, just generalizing, but someone could be, someone, 10 people can come in and tell me they want to lose 10 pounds. But the more I fall down that tunnel, it could be 20 to 10 different reasons. You know, I just right. added people. Um, yeah. 10 different people with 10 different reasons coming with, you know, the same thing. I want to lose 10 pounds. Right. One could be trying to impress someone. One could be, I need more self-love. One, you know, their husband doesn't love them. Or one is I'm trying to attract someone else or I'm trying to attract someone into my life. One, it all comes back to the same thing. You know, mm. there's something missing. Right. Right. And that's, that, that's how you achieve codependency. Right. Cause mm. if I do this thing, someone will love me enough to validate me enough to make me not have to work on myself. And I'll just rely on their love to make me whole, really not realizing that I'm actually taking love from them and that not actually giving anything back. Mm. Right. Cause if you have a, a hundred percent, let's say you are a hundred percent and then your partner's a hundred percent. You can't give a hundred percent to your partner. You can give 50%. But if you come in at 70%, you can give them what 50, let's say you give them 50%. What are you left with? 20. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. And even if they give you 50, you're still left with 70 or mm. eight or 80%. Yeah. Did my math wrong? I think 30, yeah, 50 is 80%. Um, but you're still you're still not whole, mm. which means you got to find right find yourself. You have to find that other, you know, twenty percent. Mm-hmm. And you're always going to have that kind of just unsettled feeling, or just um, you know, I've heard heard different words used like unfulfilled, mm-hmm. or I just feel lost, or I feel like I'm looking for something and I don't know what it is, or yeah. you know, however you encapsulate it in words, you know, I think we can all kind of relate to that feeling that is not fulfilled, happy, complete, content, Mm -hmm. however you want to phrase that. Um, So maybe the New Year's resolution is I am happy. I am whole. I am everything that I need to be. And I am going to um, start walking for five minutes a day Mm -hmm. or I am going to drink a glass of water every morning when I wake up or something. Getting out of that, I need to lose five pounds. I need to do this. I need to lose that. There's always, there's like a lot of that um, Mm -hmm. terminology, so to speak, when people kind of get fixated on the thing that they want or the thing that they think they'll need that will make them whole. Um, But you're saying actually like maybe starting from that place of already having the love and self-acceptance and really knowing that whatever your goal is, is maybe separate from how you already feel about yourself. Or certainly the way you feel about yourself Mm -hmm. isn't contingent upon you being this size of shoe or being this size size of blue jean or, or, you know, whatever, being in this certain weight or whatever. People fixate a lot on those certain things because they think that it's going to give them that yeah. that feeling of contentedness or yeah. whatever. Yeah, we have the four bodies, the physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional. You know, if you just, if you fill up the emotional, then another one's going to overflow. It's going to feel empty because you can, it's going to have to drain, mm. you know. Um, but let's say they're 100% capacity, right? 
then you feel whole. But if you're at, at each one of them are at 50, or let's say your physical is at 100 to the point where it's running you dry and you're not resting, so you start resting, right? But you don't have a dream, so now you're just paying attention to, once again, external values, but you're mm. not reflecting and things like that. Um, but how you get them is to, how you get to the point of happiness is to meet where you are at your weakest points and start bringing them up. Mm. But once you identify those things, let's say you find that happiness, like, hey, I found happy. Let's say you're completely, you hit rock bottom and you're like, wow, I don't know why I've been treating myself this way. You know, I won't. You know, I don't think I'm going to do that again, you know, and I have more respect for myself than I ever did, mm. you know, but at the same time, you still have to also, let's say if you're on some kind of drugs, you still have to rehab, you still have to detoxify, you still have to eat right, you still have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you have the motivation because it's intrinsic. It came from inside. It came from you, you know, it didn't come from somewhere else. It didn't come from, you know, a husband telling you you got to lose 10 pounds. It didn't come from your doctor says who you need to quit smoking because, you know, whatever, it's going to cause lung cancer. It's not scare tactic. It's mm. more like you respect yourself. Right. You know, truly. Because respecting yourself means you also won't over-exercise. Right. You also won't beat yourself up when you've achieved what you wanted to because you'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, well, I actually haven't lost the 20 pounds that I wanted to, but I actually feel amazing anyway. So yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy I'm, cause, because you're living in accordance with your dream. Mm-hmm. And you're making choices that are along the path of your core values and along the path of your dream, not because to attain something, mm-hmm. right? Because if you live in accordance with your dream, if it's truly a properly qualified dream, you're probably going to get there, mm-hmm. right? Because if I say I'm healthy and I do things that are healthy, I'm probably going to get healthier right. to some degree. And then I go, hmm, I'm not as healthy as I want to be. Interesting. Not because I don't respect myself. I'm just curious. Right. How healthy can I get? What is the healthiest I can get? What is the <laughs> pinnacle of health? Right. You know, where, you're, where you, I turn into a child again, like a baby. My body regenerates so fast that I, you know, turn into a baby again. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> you know, but what is, because people don't accept aging because they're not happy about it. Mm. You know, they don't accept, you know stretch marks because they're not happy about it you know they're not they're told that's not cool that's not help that's not that's not sexy you know but that's part of your story you know right. you know and and um i have stretch marks all over my body because i used to be 240 pounds i played football i was i was a monster of a human being and um and then after i started working at, with my with with people opened my business and i started i left the the, the gym i was working at and um I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm like, I'm working out three hours a day. I'm just beating myself up, not only in the gym, but with people. And I'm not getting paid for it, you know, like, and I'm taking time away from making money that I can, that fuels more coaching and, you know, fuels mm. more business opportunities. Yeah. And it, it happened one day when someone fell on my, on my hand and my whole hand was, I could see the imprint of their face mask. They hit my hand. It didn't break anything, right? But it just bruised my whole hand. And I'm like, I need these things. And then my values for just pursuing this childish dream of like thinking being a football player would make people like me more or make me feel happy when really it was helping people make me happy. Mm. Helping myself made me happy. And then I could share that with other people, Yeah. right? And what made 
you know, it, it's no longer, I don't have to like try to get up out of bed. If I have a client, I just get up and I go, this is, this is great. I'm having fun, mm-hmm. you know? And that's the idea. If I don't, if I have to, if you told me I have to exercise for three hours, I'd be like, oh, it's a chore now. Cause I don't want to, mm-hmm. it doesn't help me, you know? Yeah. But if not even if someone paid me what I make normally and said, Hey, we're going to pay you exercise. That's not my, that's not my love. Mm. You know, that's not my love anymore. Right. You know, um, because the core values aren't there. Right. You know what I mean? So if it, it would, it would have to, it would have to be an, an amount of money that I would have to rationalize that I wouldn't have to work anymore that I can just live, just do what I wanted to do mm-hmm. for the rest of my life for fun without having to worry about money and then be like, all right, I'll think about this. Yeah. I'll compromise my value because I can see how that would fuel my dream even though I'd be in the prostitute archetype for a short period of time. Because if I do this, this happens. You know, and I can rationalize that. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't do that for 40 years. Right. You know, I couldn't sit behind a desk or, you know, play football for, for 10, 20 years and just because I, I, I would know how, how I wouldn't be helping people and that's not my dream. And I would feel unfulfilled. Mm. Yeah. You know? And so that's kind of what I was trying to get at is painting that picture of it really has to come from what can't you live without? Yeah. Did I say that right? What What do you feel the most driven for? What do you feel? Yeah, what makes you feel whole? The most um, motivated to do that you don't have to exercise this huge amount of willpower to do it because the motivation, the intrinsic desire, as you said, is so strong that suddenly the willpower piece is maybe a little bit less of a thing because um, you're just driven to do it. We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psychetruth, where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psychetruth. That's patreon.com slash P-S-Y-C-H-E-T-R-U-T-H. Yeah, it becomes no effort. Mm-hmm. Like no one, no one has to convince you to go to the bathroom. You have to convince your toddler you have to go to the bathroom. They're holding their crotch, they're dancing. You know, you're like, <laughs> do you have to go potty? You know, no. And you're like... Let's go check it out. Let's just go sit on it. See, see if you do. And then they do, right? Right. But you don't have to convince. You're like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. You know, that's kind of how it works. You just, you don't have to exercise willpower to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost the opposite. You have to turn it off nowadays. You're like, I just got to stop going to the bathroom so I can keep working, right? Yeah. It's the opposite now. <laughs> how you long know? can you hold it? Yeah. And then people don't poop for days. And then you're like, oh, I wonder why you're sick. Because you're just holding in toxic material mm. for days. Yeah. You know, and what has, that has to get reabsorbed into your system colons get bigger right if you backed up a garbage chute it would clog a human expands mm. right the colon just gets a bit thicker and uh, thinner and and thicker and more exposed and more dilated more dilated and more dilated what elvis had like a 72 pound colon like uh who is the guy that marble guy marble mar mar marble i forgot i don't even know how to say that <laughs> um that cowboy had uh-huh. like a 90 pound colon when he died what yeah. Yeah, his colon weighed more than my kids, you know? Wow. Yeah. 
I can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, like, this is what happens. Yeah. But then at that point, you become so compacted, you can't even poop. Right? And so you're just fueling toxicity on toxicity on toxicity, and it becomes a huge problem. Yeah. And then you need help, and you don't know what to do. And yeah. it becomes too far gone. Interesting. Right? Um, so it's always to have a, it's always important to have a dream before you get to that type of crisis mm-hmm. where you just like sneezing could kill you or taking a poop can kill you or Mondays can kill you. Getting up to work can kill you. You know, you don't like, but that's what some people need yeah. and I don't judge them for it. And I think that's great. And I think that people allow them to happen and do all these new year's resolutions and allow people to struggle just like the way people want their kids to, to try, even if it's to the consciousness level of making Legos and they're like throwing these things on the ground. But the moment they get it, it's really fulfilling. Right. And you guide them. Right. Mm-hmm. And you like tie your shoes, you know, and how many, you know, kids take a while to learn to tie their shoes or ride a bike and you're holding them, you're guiding them. That's how people are. That's how coaching happens, you know, but you can do that for everyone else. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, you have to do it for yourself first. Right. Right. But there are exceptions. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't have the motivation to do it for yourself, do it for something that you love more than yourself, like your kids. If you truly love your kids more than yourself, which is people will die for their kids. And if that's true, do it for them. Mm. But if you're just saying that, then that's a whole different story. But right. if it's true, you know, then, then we have to look at it that way. Right. Because I think that's a, a great way to get people to live more dream affirmative. Mm. Like if someone's, well, it's a, well, I want to get healthy so I can play with my kids. Well, what's the nightmare? If I'm not healthy, my kids won't have a parent. Yeah. Ooh, that hits really hard. Yeah. Right? Well, what's what whatever gets them up out of the door, mm-hmm. right? Until there's enough commitment and value and willingness and ha- habitual practice where it doesn't require so much willpower to do it, mm-hmm. that it becomes second nature. And right. that's just your new way of life. And then it's not a New Year's resolution. I don't even, I, I didn't make a New Year's resolution in the last couple of years. The last imp- m- the last life-changing resolution I made was to think more positively. And every situation that I had a negative thought was to just counteract it with a positive thought. It was to the point where I found my friends that, ha- that were thinking negatively all the time were, were, were getting on my nerves. Mm. Right? Because yeah. I didn't know how to balance that level of judging and, and accepting, yeah. you know. But it was like you are the product of your five closest friends. Friends, you are you are people who you you are who you surround yourself with. You are what you read. You are what you consume, right? And so, um, it, it it was a huge mind shift. Mm-hmm. Just as simple as like, oh, that jerk cut me off in traffic. He's probably in a hurry. It's okay. Yeah. I'm sure he's a nice person deep inside. Just something like that. Yeah. And it like I've, after three years of unconsciously just doing that all day, all day, all day. I was like, wow, I'm really, really stupid happy <laughs> right now. <laughs> like, there's not many p- things that got me down, you know? Yeah. And it was, it was really interesting. And then I, just thinking about this New Year's resolution topic, I realized that I didn't make a New Year's resolution last year or the year before. It was just because I don't, I don't need one. Yeah. I'm not in, in that state, you know, where I need a crisis. And a New Year's resolution is the, is the the pill or the the tool that gets me out of this crisis? Mm-hmm. You know, I always know if I always if I overeat something on Thanksgiving, I know why I'm sick. You know, right? 
I know why my stomach hurts. I know why I haven't pooped in two days. Like, my dad came for, 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 I haven't eaten dairy in like five years. My dad came for, for, from Chicago to come see us in here in Texas. And I had some gluten-free with some dairy cake in there. And I felt terrible. Mm. Awful. I enjoyed sharing the experience, but I felt terrible. I took some digestive enzymes and I said, okay, confirmed. You know, I've healed from dairy and I tried it even with lactase and I felt, still felt bloated and terrible. So I'm like, just another confirmation five years later that. Yeah, mm, just a little I lesson learned. <laughs> I don't dabble with dairy, processed dairy, right? Um, but then I've also done medical dousing and stuff like that. And I realized, and it confirmed like dairy is not good. I've Interesting. overconsumed commercial dairy when I was a kid to the point where it damaged the reception for dairy. Interesting. I do well with butter and ghee. Okay. But I don't do well with lactose and other dairy products and proteins and whey's and things like that. Interesting. Make, they make my skin super dry and they make my skin flaky and I can, I, it's almost like a magic trick. I can drink it right now and then tomorrow you'll see my skin flaky. Like it's almost that, immediate. Yeah, because I'm just I'm just in tune with it, and I'm yeah. very like when you when you when you don't have that much stuff going on, and you add something that like a wrench in the wheel, you know. But if the whole car is like sputtering, uh, you know, making smoke and making noise and shaking, and then someone opens the back door a little bit, you can't really notice that. Mm-hmm. But if you're driving and the car is running smoothly, and someone opens the back door, you're like, what just happened? Yeah. Why is the car pulling? Because you don't you start noticing that you know, mm-hmm. aware that awareness happens instantly, right? Right. So, um, hope we didn't just hold debunk this whole New Year's resolution thing. No, I love it. <laughs> I love it, and I actually love that. Um, you know, your last New Year's resolution was was thinking more positively. I love that. That was like five years ago, um, five or six years ago. And right? I think it kind of speaks to, uh, you know, like what we've kind of been talking about this whole time, which is like if you want to, you know, hack your motivation, so to speak, or whatever, like you get those true intrinsic goals and dreams and everything that um, – helps motivate you, and then you don't have to set the New Year's resolution. Yeah. You don't have that because you're just already doing all the things that you want to be doing. Um, yeah. And, you know, once you are reaping the benefits, so to speak, then, boom, that serves as just, like, more impetus to keep doing mm-hmm. the, the good things because you're observing how good you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, the more that you're living in a healthy way, the more you become even uh, – you know, more acutely aware when you've eaten something that doesn't sit with you right Mm -hmm. or you don't get as much sleep as you're supposed to and then suddenly you're like, whoa, Mm -hmm. man, now I remember why I always get seven hours or Mm -hmm. eight hours of sleep because you become hyper aware of Mm -hmm. how it affects you when you don't do those things. Um, And you can't really get to that point unless you learn how to talk to yourself and talk to other people and speak in needs, feelings, and wants or feelings, needs, and wants. And it doesn't guarantee people will do that back to you. So people can still call you jerks, but you're t- communicating effectively and mm-hmm. honestly and openly, but it doesn't make them communicate with you back. And here's the kicker. If you're still getting triggered by them not communicating with you effectively, well, that means you need to keep practicing. Mm. Right? Yeah. That means you still can't see what, what's hurting them. You know, I'm, I practice this daily, you know. Because sometimes you just get wrapped up in the emotion that you forget why the person's hurting. Right. And then, then you got to, 
Okay, hold on, hold on a second. I, we're off the rails here, and then you gotta. Why did they bring that up? You know, and then you gotta start reflecting. It, it takes courage, you know, because you gotta look at it from their point of view. You know, mm. you gotta look at it. Is you know, is the person exhausted? They didn't sleep, and you know, how would you feel if you didn't sleep for a week straight? And you had, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like how many how many husbands have wives that just didn't sleep because they're taking care of babies and they're you know, like lucid and not thinking clearly and you're like why aren't you rational why aren't you thinking so like why are you so erratic why is your behavior so you know crazy right now and then you're like the word crazy like why did i call her crazy oh my god you know (laughs) and then that spirals but you're not really realizing that like you would be a lunatic too if you didn't sleep Mm. you know and you literally had no time for yourself you know for a week straight if you were just paying attention, focus, 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 work, baby, work, baby, work, clean up. You know, mm-hmm. if you're constantly, because people have this idea that multitasking is real and it's not real. We focus on one task and then our brain has to chemically switch us to another one. So if you're doing two things at once, your brain has to constantly keep switching tasks chemically. It uses resources, mm. which is why mindfulness is nice because you pay attention to one task, what's in front of you. Yeah. Just one task, you know. The table is brown, you know, you have nails, you know, your dress is black, it is red, you know, mm-hmm. I'm talking on a microphone, you know, but you, you, that's presence. I don't have to like think about different things. You're just, right. it is what it is, right? Um, and people, a lot of, a lot of men, and I'm going to speak because I'm a man and I've, I'm a stay at home dad and I've been like that where you're just like, pay attention to kid, kid ran off, clean something up, like. I need to sit down. You sit down and all of a sudden the kid comes back. You're like, oh, I got to get back up. Oh, she wants to go do sprints. Okay, this is fun. (laughs) Let's do sprints up and on the house, you know? And then you're like, at the end of the day, you're like, no one talked to me. But then Mm. you can't do that to your family. So you're like, what do I do? And you go crazy, you know? And then you're like, what do I do to not help myself go crazy? You speak speak with feelings, needs, and wants. You know, I've been, hey, Sarah, I'm, 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 kind of losing it like can I go sauna and spend 40 minutes of silence by myself I'm, I'm thinking I'm needing that and then she'd be like clean that up first you know and then I'll be like gladly you know and I'll go finish cleaning whatever it is like the dog pooped on the floor or something like that and like I'll go clean it up you know and then I'll throw it away and I'm like bye I'm, go- I'm going into the sauna and then and then I'm like oh I got 40 minutes just to myself and then you come out, you're like a whole new person. You get some sleep and you're like, wow, I was a lunatic yesterday, mm-hmm. you know? But now do that, live like that without breaks for a week or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then try to function. It, you don't. Right. And just that practice of kind of putting yourself in the other person's shoes, um, as the saying goes, that you are, um, you know, just thinking about, you know, where someone is coming from and, um, that whole piece of, you know, being really aware of our own emotions and our own reactions. And that was something that Sarah talked about, uh, when I had her on the program, you know, is that you, um, check in with yourself and notice how you react to certain things. And maybe like, why did this certain thing this person said to me, like create this big reaction? Or why did I get so upset about this thing? And all of those kind of, um, insights that you start to gain that just increase your overall clarity of everything. And suddenly you can communicate better in your relationship because you're being more understanding Mm -hmm. or, um, certainly in like work relationships and stuff like that, you could see where it'd be Mm -hmm. really, is really, really beneficial, important. Um, and when you do that, you can see, um, 
and you can, I'm guessing you can follow along and see how that would increase your level of happiness when you're communicating effectively, when your needs are being met. Mm. And what does that do to this New Year's resolution? Make it so much easier. <laughs> Makes it easy, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and almost to the point where you may not even have to because you're living, you know, you, you need, if your needs are being met to some degree and you're having taken time to take care of your physical body, your mental body, emotional body, spiritual body, mm-hmm. you know, pay attention to the four doctors, Dr. Quiet, Dr. Movement, happiness. Um, what I miss? Diet, diet, quiet, movement, happiness. There we go. Just to clarify, <laughs> just in case I missed one. Um, and you're and you're balancing those respectfully to to whatever your demands are and what your not demands, but whatever your needs are. Mm-hmm. Then you're just gonna have a whole level of happiness that you didn't have before. You know, like mm-hmm. I have never worked less in my life and made more money than I have in my life while being almost a full time stay at home dad. And it's mind-blowing for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just because I, I just truly enjoy being a stay-at-home dad, you know? And she goes to school in like a month, which is a month from now, which is going to be just past the new year, and, and I'm not going to see her every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm already bummed out about that. Yeah. You know, I'm already bummed out and I have to go back to work, you know? <laughs> and, uh, uh, but at the same time, like that's where the... That's where the um, they duel, they like fight back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. like I want to be home with the family, but you also have this weight of knowledge that you need to share with people. Right. You know, that's why I love seeing people one-on-one and I'll just get to do more of that, but I get less of this other thing that I really love and enjoy doing. Right. You know? So it's like, that means I have to get my work done because when they come home, it's family time. Right. right. And that just changes the whole dynamic of like, we're not going to hang out all day. We're just going to really be present at night. Mm-hmm. Right. That means I need to be an adult. I need to take care of myself. I need to exercise. I need to get all my stuff done during the day so I can be present at night. Being an adult, not necessary. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a saying I saw. It's like, it's like, you want it to grow up so fast. You want it to be an adult so fast. Well, look at you now, you know? Yeah. And it's like, are you happy? Are you happy <laughs> yeah. you're an adult? You know? That, but, is, uh, that is funny but um, how we like fixate when we're young, like on... We want to be older. And then at some point you hit a point where then you're like, oh, old people are lame. And then at some point you had, you're like, whoa, I think I'm an adult now and I have kids and like, you still feel kind of like a kid. Well, just because um... you're getting older doesn't mean you're an adult. (laughs) There's a lot of adults that are not adults. An adult is someone who acts responsibly when they need to act responsibly. Mm -hmm. A child is someone who's, when they need to act responsibly, does not act responsibly. So how many people, like for example, how many partners do you know or how many friends do you know that will have bicker back and forth? So is that an adult that, that should be acting responsibly that is acting responsibly? Or are the, is that behavior characterized as childish behavior? Mm. That was a childish fight. Why? Because I should have acted responsibly and I didn't. Right? But some people that, need that, but people that speak in feelings, needs, and wants, they could act childish, but the adult says, hey, I'm not going to disrespect them just mm. because my needs are being trespassed. I'm just going to collect myself and deliver this in a way that's digestible where actually I might get my feelings, needs and mets and, and, and wants met, mm-hmm. you know, what do they say? You can get more bees with honey than, yeah. than, than vinegar or whatever the saying is. Yeah. Attract more bees with honey. Um, and it, it makes sense, you mm-hmm. know, and not only that kindness is free. Kindness is a revolving door. It's going to come back, you know, even if no one's kind to you, 
you're going to get to go to sleep at night knowing you're kind to people, mm-hmm. you know, which brings you happiness. Right. You know? And I think taking that bees to honey, um, you attract more bees with honey is like maybe a good kind of closing thought too, bringing it back to our motivation and resolutions or however, because, um, you know, kind of one of our thoughts was just being more positive, Mm -hmm. noticing your negative thought patterns Mm -hmm. and replacing them with more positive ones. So once again, you attract more bees with honey. Like you attract what you want by being more positive. Mm -hmm. So letting go of those judgments and negativities and embracing yourself is actually going to get you closer to all of those different Mm -hmm. goals than feeling perpetuated in that I need to be this, I Mm. need to look like that or whatever. Yeah. And I want to clarify also being kind doesn't mean to be a pushover because you could be kind with authority, being in in charge, Mm -hmm. right? And you could just say no, right? You don't have to be kind and have people push you all over the place, right? Because that's your own needs and values and what you set for yourself. And um, so I just don't, a lot of people... A lot of people uh, put those two together. Kindness mm-hmm. means pushover. They say yes to everything. But you could say no to someone nicely. Yeah. You know? No, I just, that, that's not along my values. Oh, come on. Well, then that person's not respecting your values and needs. Yeah. Right? And you could still be kind. Right. right? Um, but yeah, I just wanted to clarify that because, once again, I don't want to be taken out of context. Right. Into, you know, because it happens a lot. Well, mm-hmm. he said this, and then <laughs> someone's down a rabbit hole and learning right. a painful lesson when I could have just said one more thing, and then I could have like eased up a lot of the tension and yeah. to the people that are listening. I think that there's a lot of elements where you know people are gonna uh, apply their own thoughts and beliefs and everything to uh, to things that they hear anyways, mm-hmm. and maybe that's a little, even a little lesson in itself that we. Um, be more open-minded in the way that we perceive things and um, just in general, letting go of judgment of other people, of yourself, of yourself for standing up for yourself and Mm -hmm. standing up for what you want and being true to that intrinsic dream, uh, the core values and stuff Mm -hmm. that we talked about. It definitely all feels very, uh, very much aligned Mm -hmm. to me. Awesome. Uh, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come join me on the program today. And definitely look forward to having you back on again. We've been talking about a couple different topic ideas. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to um, keep learning from you. And I just want to thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. I want to thank all of you for listening to the podcast today. I hope that you have enjoyed this little discussion. If you'd like to learn more about Alex, you can visit primalfusionhealth.com. If you'd like to see the full one-hour interview along with hundreds of other health and wellness videos, I hope you'll head over to wellnessplus.tv and start your free two-week trial today. The Wellness Plus Podcast, copyright 2018, Target Public Media, LLC, all rights reserved.